here. Monday. I'm glad I stopped in. You were muted, man. What's up? Happy Monday. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Happy Monday. It's happening. It's happening. Cheers. We are um, we are physically separated, socially distancing, um, but we are spiritually connected here through the music. And uh, what's going on, man? Oh, nothing. I had to make my own coffee today, like an a hole. Oh, <laughs> hey, hey, hey! Watch it. <laughs> hey, it's, it's tough out here. We want to welcome everybody um, to our little Monday get together where we get the the week started out right. And um, one thing we're going to talk about in particular, in addition to our regular regularly scheduled program, Mr. Manis, is what do you do when things don't quite go your way in practice or on a gig or in life or whatever? Now, why would I be proposing such a topic, Adam? I don't know, but I can tell you right now, what I usually do is sulk. Oh, I love sulk. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. So we, we're, we're dealing with a few tech I- issues here. So I want everybody in the in the comments here, if you get a chance to do something to lift up Adam's spirits, because, you, you know, I know how to roll with it. I've, I've, I've been around a few more years than Manus, so I've, I've had more failures than Manus has. Manus yeah, is just know, starting to learn how to fail correctly. There's nothing that can set me off like like audio visual technical problems. Like I'm, <laughs> I'm just not designed for that kind of patience. And it's equally frustrating now because, you know, I wake up at like. At like six five thirty six a.m. every morning, so that I can peacefully meditate and work on my equanimity. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Oh and yeah. All of a sudden, can't figure out how to route the outputs to a stream, and I will, <laughs> I will lose it. Well, look at that. That should cheer you up. You see that there? Hey, there you go. Thank you, Paul. That feels good. So we were in here. We were playing music, and we couldn't. Can you guys hear that? I'm playing. Can you hear that, Adam? I can hear it. Yeah. Can you hear this? Yes. Can you hear that? I can hear that. Yeah. You can hear that? I can't hear I can that. absolutely hear it. How's Host, it can you guys hear the acoustic piano? <laughs> you can't hear it? I can't hear it. How, does it sound okay? It sounds great, man. Can hear the piano and you can hear the they can hear the roads. Adam right. seems more chill than Peter. <laughs> Not today, buddy. <laughs> so, all right. So this is actually good. So everybody can hear both of our situations here and, and maybe even. What? Yeah, maybe even some of that. Do you, you got your Cordy going to? Oh, man. I mean, I don't know. Hold on. Hold on. Wait, I, I forgot about this, man. Put up your Cordy again. Okay. Put up your Cordy. So, I mean, I could put it up here. You're going to have to hit me to how you get that, the Cordy in the picture in picture. I don't know. Because I can put I mine up here. Happened. Oh, this will be great because I'll actually know what I'm playing. <laughs> so this will be, this is beyond just equanimity. Check this out, folks. We're going to learn something today. I'm going to learn something today. Um, we are going to, 
we're going to talk about how you can play without being able to hear what you're playing. Because this is actually a skill, believe it or not. So right, let me just explain for those of you just coming on, welcome. But uh, what's happening here is you can hear Adam. I can hear Adam. I can hear me. You can hear me. Everybody can hear everybody except Adam cannot hear himself apparently. So nope. <laughs> so this is not unlike uh, – remember we were talking about a couple weeks ago the Stevie Wonder video uh, where he was at the um, – in Detroit a couple months ago at the Biden – um, rally and he was playing and singing and it was cold out and you could tell his monitor wasn't working and it was like p- people honking their horns and stuff but he was killing it and I was watching it and I was like okay this is the ultimate level of equanimity because he was just like doing his thing first of all it's so hard to sing when you, you can't even tell if you're in pitch or whatever and he was nailing oh, yeah. pitches singing in the original keys that he wrote that stuff when he was in his, a teenager you know and he's 65 or whatever now it was pretty amazing but Maybe a sim- this would be a time for you to be able to rise to the occasion, Adam, and play some stuff. You know, it's like you have to have the confidence to play, not knowing what it sounds like, but you're using your ear, hence the name you'll hear it, and all that kind of good stuff. Is this middle right? C? Is that middle C? Yes. Okay. Mm. That sounds great. That's you're playing sad and all. That sounds beautiful. Oh, no, no, no. It wasn't supposed to be. <laughs> hear it in my head but it's not it's very strange yeah no but this is the thing and, and you know a lot of times we talk about hearing things when you're playing them I and that becomes a very you know play what you hear and don't play it until the moment that you hear it is the art of improvisation uh, but this really kind of puts it to the test because what we do when we practice a lot of times different exercises be them technical be them improvisation playing a tune learning a solo all the different things we go through in practice as jazz musicians, as just improvising musicians, I think uh, is about developing that skill of getting clarity and a connection between what we're hearing and the reality of what we're playing. I don't know that we ever get to 100%, but the closer you get, you know, like back when you were like learning your first voicings, or maybe you knew some voicings, but you're trying to play all the ones and you play something, you know, like some kind of voicing and it'd be like, ugh, I don't like the way that sounds. Or like, you know, it just, or sometimes it sounds good, but it wasn't what you were expecting, you know? Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I think, sure. and I think that like the key is to be able to learn how to in the instant, know what something sounds like as soon as you're playing it, not necessarily in advance, but as soon as you're playing it, because you hear it and then you, you go to your repertoire of different possibilities. Not that you're planning it in advance, that that's the key part, I think. But the fact that, you know, you're hearing something, you're executing and you know pretty much exactly what it's going to sound like. That little bit of maybe one to two percent surprise or whatever can be that interesting area. But what you don't want to be as you develop, well, it's not even what you don't want to be. It's just like kind of the goal is not to be 50 50 where you play a voicing or you play something and you're like, well, and then half the time Ugh. you're like, oh, yeah, yeah. And it's not even if it sounds good or not. It's just like how much does it surprise you what you're going to be doing? Yeah, that's great, man. Um, well, all right. I feel better now already. I think I've gotten it back. I've unhooked from the anger that was uh, spewing up, and I'm very accepting right now of the fact that I can't hear myself speak or play, uh-huh. and I'm just going to have to deal with Well, you with can hear yourself speak, though. I mean, that's coming through your head, right? Yeah, yeah. Here's I got to I gotta take the one ear off there. Oh, that's much better. That's much better. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we've been doing a couple of like regular features here. You know, like we've been doing our our uh, what, are, what were you calling it? Like our health and wellness check in. Oh, you seem so disinterested in the in the in no, the, no, no, no. In the I, normalcy I, I, now. <laughs> I love the normalcy. It's what it's it's a rock. But oh, you don't have your we... sheet. Yeah, you left your sheet here in the in the office here. Oh, look. Just no. so you guys know, Adam is at home at his beautiful home with uh, South Side of St. Louis at an undisclosed address that we will not say the street name flyer avenue but well okay we'll say that but we won't say the number which i believe is two no no we're not even gonna say that what but he's at home but check this out what do you know about that how did you do that what oh that's me <laughs> that's that's your seat i just wanted you to know i didn't replace you oh, just because you're gosh. not in here see and now you can see this is see it's so sad i'm here by myself i got sean jones i got christian mcbride but no adam but that's how we do a COVID style. We're trying to stay safe here because this virus is going crazy all over St. Louis. And uh, I love uh, it. our old friend Joe here. Take both ears off. Then you'll be in heaven of not hearing Peter. Oh, <laughs> oh. Joe throwing shade. Well, OK, that's fine. Whatever, Joe. But I do appreciate this is what I like Joe more. Not when he's throwing shade at me, but when he's more giving good information. That's right. Stevie 70. I, I uh, said 65. So let's let's keep it to the facts, Mr. Muscara. Um, oh, this is cool. Uh, Mylon Milano. My daughter Kaya says hi to you both. Four-year-old jazz lover. What's up, Kaya? How What's you doing? Up, I love the name Kaya. I mean, the word, the 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 name. That's always been one of my. I should have named one of my kids Kaya. Uh, I think it's name. a beautiful name. Yeah, I think part of it is I'm connecting it with Homero. You know Homero Lubombo's song, "Song for Kaya." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Beautiful song. That beautiful ballad. Yeah. So I always think Kaya's a. So Milano, if I'm Milano Richie, if I'm saying your name correctly, maybe. Check out um, if you look on YouTube for Romero Lubombo. Uh, so I'll put it here in the chat in a second. A song for Kaya. You can play that for your four-year-old beautiful daughter, daughter or son. I think it's usually daughter Kaya, but you can play that song, which is kind of fun. Stopping that. Um. So yes, we're gonna get to the thing. Romero Lu. You know, it always spell checks that incorrectly. Romero Lubombo. Song or Kaya. There we go. Like it doesn't like Kaya very much? No, no, uh, Lubombo. <laughs> oh, it doesn't like Lubombo. Yeah, yeah. Kaya, it's okay with. Kaya, it's okay with. Um, That's funny. Yeah, so we've got some segments here. So just to refresh you, Mr. Manis. Um, Yo. And if the if the real Mr. Manis and Mrs. Manis happen to be on here, big shout out to mom and dad, as always. Um sure. To the Manises out in High Ridge, if you're tuning in, hope you're doing well. Um, practice check-in. Let's talk about practice. Let's talk about some practice. We're talking about practice. Who's that? Allen Iverson, man. Who does that? That's Allen Iverson. Kind of 90s kid doesn't know that. So it's actually a great kind of segue here. So those of you who don't know, there was a, a famous press conference, which is an interview kind of, which was great with Allen Iverson, where they're kind of grilling him about missing a practice. And actually, I think this is a nice segue because, um, you know, he was a very controversial figure in a lot of ways, but not for his playing on the court, one of the all-time greats, especially one of the all-time under six-foot greats in the NBA ever. And I mean, beyond, not only under six feet, just amazing player. But that whole thing came out of, this thing of practicing versus playing. And it's something I think that we can take a lesson from as musicians. Practice is so important, but there, but there's a curve. There's like, maybe it's a parabolic curve. I'm not sure. Or, or, or there's some kind of a curve 
that occurs in terms of like how much you're practicing versus how much you're playing in the moment. And I think what Iverson was referring to was like, this is just practice. I'm at the level where I'm competing in the game. I'm in shape. I'm ready to go. Why are you guys focusing on the practice point part, focus on the playing? And I think for us, one of the most difficult things, uh, us as in jazz musicians, all of us watching here and jazz lovers, um, is to think about like, how do we put our efforts into practicing versus playing and like, where's the overlap and how do we deal with that? Especially during a period where there's hardly any gigs. And, you know, I think that one of the most important parts of that now is to look at a portion of your practice as performance, as the game, as it were, as opposed to waiting, like saying, okay, I'm going to practice for nine months or for one year or however the hell long this is going to go on. And then I'm going to come out and be killing it in the game on the gig. I think I would caution everybody against this. And I'd be interested to see what you think about this, Adam. It's kind of uncharted territory for all of us, but I would caution everyone from getting too far away from the mentality of the game, from the mentality of the gig, because that's the real thing. And I think that's the Allen Iverson attitude. And it's not that he was not a very well-practiced player. He was, he was one of the most skilled players, if not the most skilled player of his time. So he definitely knew how to practice, but it's like, how do you take your efforts, especially in season when it's game time, to really focus on that, you know, and I think it's a yeah. it's an important thing for us to think about. Well, it's it's very timely topic to think about right now because of as you said, like we're all kind of hunkered down. Uh, there's not a lot of gigs going on for most of us, and so it's it's been a great time of practice. But you know, to your point, are we missing out on that opportunity to practice performance? For me personally, I mean, you have a weekly Friday night gig that you can certainly practice performing with it's not even practice you are performing and have kept a weekly performance which has got to kept have kept that muscle in shape but if you don't have a weekly gig i suggest you know what i've been doing is two things i record at least one song of all all of my practice sessions so i'll end a practice session by saying okay uh i'm at smalls right now and i'm about to play with a, a quartet and i'll practice like comping through a tune I, like really like I'm trying to imagine that I'm playing in a band and then practice soloing or maybe playing a melody and then soloing but it's still uh it's still like has to be a major concept that you wrap your head around you know even during a regular practice solo um yeah. session sorry and then the other thing I do is I will just post like me performing a song to Instagram or to Facebook or something or to YouTube Right. Or in the in the daily guided practice session, I'll just I'll be like, oh, I'm going to demonstrate the song, but I'm going to actually like play, you know, as if I were performing it. And that has helped keep me sharp of all things, because you have to. I think one of the things you learn really early on as a performer is there just is a difference in in having skin in the game, you know, and actually having some kind of risk involved where people hear you and what you're about to do is in real time, you know, yeah. and there's no yep. editing it and you have to just do it. That's a muscle that you have to work out. And so right. I encourage everybody, if you're not doing that kind of workout in your regular routine, like put it in there. It's so good for you. It's good for just all of your playing. So, yeah, I love that. And, and that really speaks to the, you know, to the concept that we can, exercise that muscle at any time. And that's kind of what I was, you know, talking about at the beginning in terms of like, don't wait until you're in a performance situation to know how to perform. Don't take this time to like 
not take advantage of really thinking about putting yourself in that moment. I mean, it's kind of like, you know, a virtual marathon versus a so-called real marathon. Either way, you're running 26 miles. So don't think that just because you're running on your own to be safe means that it's not the same thing. And in fact, you know, what you have to do to, it, it kind of will end up working in the converse eventually, I think, in terms of music. Because I, I think about some of the really great older musicians or just more skilled musicians than me that I got a chance to play with and still get a chance to play with, but especially when I was younger and I would marvel at how relaxed they were even before like a huge gig. I remember I got a chance to play with Stanley Turnsey when I was like 24 years old and it was, you know, I mean, it was just amazing. I mean, he was just so like, I mean, he was playing his Stanley Turnsey stuff so well. He, he truly had mastered his Stanley stuff, of course, but you know, we were like doing this big concert or whatever. I thought it was a big concert. I mean, it was a concert with Stanley Turrentine, so it was big. But I mean, his whole demeanor and attitude and everything, it wasn't like, okay, let's get going. Let's get hyped up for the gig. It was just like, let's play some music, just like we were playing a few minutes ago at the sound check. You know, getting to that point where, you know, and uh, I know t- folks are talking about um, effortless mastery. You know, I would I would extend that concept into performing where, you know, you're really, it's effortless and it's no different. It's a muscle, as you say, and it's been so well developed that you can just, bam, pull it out at any time. Yeah. And I mean, to, and people are referencing in the, in the chat there, the Kenny Warner and his live streams and his book, Effortless Mastery. And, you know, that's kind of where we're going here when we talk about being able to perform the things you practice um, and not be affected uh, by the audience. Um, it's something that Fred Hirsch talked about in his masterclass just this last time around and his first masterclass with Open Studio. Fred Hirsch. You ever heard of him? Oh, Fred Hirsch. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, thanks for this info, Joe. And, you know, maybe I missed it, but you want, let me know. I like we, we've seen Joe every week. And how am I just hearing this from you, Joe, now, though, now that it's finished for the year? All right. I'm going to remember for January, though. Um, live Zoom on Wednesday. That's awesome. And we also have another. Um, Another friend in here. Hold on. Way up at the top. <laughs> People saying, ugh, Facebook. Yeah, I hear you. Yeah, it's the worst. Uh, oh, this is good. <laughs> Check that out. Yeah. Ethan Iverson. Same, yeah. Same thing. Ethan Iverson is the Allen Iverson of jazz. Did you know that? <laughs> or is it the other way is around? <laughs> no, not at all. That not was all. okay. I thought I was being funny. That was that was that was an the irony of my of the, statement. Adam. He's kind of the John Stockton. <laughs> hey, hey, hey! Watch in a it. good way. In a good. I mean, that's a good, that's a huge compliment. <laughs> okay. Um, also, what is Pete eating? Okay, well, this will work with my um, with our fitness and diet check in. How about that? Winston's asking what I'm eating. This is an Aloha. Can we get a close-up on that? No, we don't need a close-up. That's This is an Aloha bar, which is relatively clean. You know, I like to have some snacks here because I was instructed to be getting some more some more clean calories in me as I'm up in the running mileage, which is part of maybe our fitness check-in. And so mm. I'm here in the studio usually by myself, always by myself. And I get, you know, we used to walk down here to Blueprint. Everything's closed and the city's kind of shut down right now as it needs to be, but so you got to provide snacks. So I got a big box of these. It's very, it's all non-GMO, vegan. It's got a little bit of protein, uh, just a little bit of chocolate, peanut butter, uh, pumpkin seed protein, uh, vanilla, pumpkin seeds. You know, it's just it's just a clean do-gooder 
kind of uh, situation. Aloha nice. is what it's called. I'm not nice. endorsed it by them, and they're not paying me to review this. I bought it. <laughs> so I'm down to like five five meat filled. If we're doing health and wellness check in, we are doing health like, and wellness check in. I'm down to six meat meals a week, and everything else is plant based. And I also, you know, not to uh, not to do a little comparison shopping here between our plant based, but I also do a completely uh, um, non processed foods. That's that's like a huge a wait huge every day, hundred percent. Not Sundays. Sundays, I take that day off and I have pizza. Oh, we call that process Sundays. Yeah, <laughs> Sunday, <exactly>. the process. <laughs> process of Sunday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's amazing, man. Congrats on that. That's that's actually huge. I mean, the no process, that's kind of my next. Um, we're definitely doing very little, but I'm, I'm far from from um, at the uh, actual no process. But I feel so much better when I'm staying away from the processed foods, you know. Um, it's a huge thing, man. And you know what? People might be like, why are these jazz musicians talking about this? Like when we talk about things like performance and staying, yep. you know, present and being able to listen and stay focused, man, for me, cutting out like those sugary processed foods, it's huge for that. You know, it's just it really helps me, even if it's just like I can stay, I can stay my contention, my attention can stay focused for like 10 or 15 seconds longer periods which is actually an enormous amount of time as far as focused attention goes oh yeah absolutely that's so worth it for me that's so so yep. worth it you know i think too it's important for us to forge our own paths and you know us kind of doing the same thing and working together and being friends we we have a lot of overlap because we help each other and give give information as we're doing with everybody mm -hmm. um but it's important to like really forge your own path in terms of like thinking about how can how can I best put myself in the situation to be able to contribute within this music? You know, so it's yeah. like the elements that are needed never change, you know, from Louis Armstrong to Jelly Roll Morton to Herbie Hancock, you know, to Bill Evans to to Adam Manis or whatever. Like the framework is the same, but it's kind of like, you know, the Olympics or something, the sprinter a hundred years ago that was in, you know, wearing some leather shoes with no foam on the bottom. You know, if they were around today, what would they be doing? They'd be wearing the the Nike Alpha Flies or whatever. You know, they're going to use the technology, the know-how, the information, the advancement. And so I think, you know, when we talk about playing jazz, what you just mentioned there in terms of being able to have more attention in terms of how that, you know, comes out of what you're eating, what you're thinking about, how you're processing your day, your family, your friends, your your world, like how – what is your worldview? What, what, how are you going to put yourself in a position that when you get to your instrument, you have the best chance of being able to succeed. And we look at these elements that are needed, that are so acute and refined that are necessary to play jazz. Well, the things like diet and fitness, that's why I think we're getting into them. It's not about like, Oh, this is something separate from music. No, no, this is, this is about trying to put ourselves in the best possible position to be able to get better because I mean, the things that we can do musically, we're, 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 this, it's an extension of a lot of the things we've been doing since we were kids in terms of practicing the instrument and learning. And then you get some more information. You learn another tune. We're always going to do that. But then it's also like, what are the details around that that just make me, you know, a healthier person so that we can keep playing this music for a long time? And, mm -hmm. and, and so, like, as opposed to looking at, you know, Bill Evans and being like, wow, well, Bill Evans smoked cigarettes for 30 years. So maybe that's the key to, you know, 
being able to play great um, eight note voicings, probably totally unrelated to that, you know, yeah, we, and maybe we can Bill learn Evans a lot from Bill Evans, but the lifestyle choices might not be the best. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So we're, you know, we're trying to, and, and we're living at a time when we have access to information and, and things in a way that um, I think we should use, you know, certainly to our benefit. And you're seeing that with a lot of the young jazz musicians too, which is great. A lot of, you know, better lifestyle choices and stuff, which is, which is awesome.